0: Welcome to the Valley View podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and his plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that he has in store the spirit of holiness. Again, this is such a good teaching. I think it's a timely teaching for us as we begin the year, as we're seeking prayer and fasting. Um, Again, we're pressing the Father's heart. We're asking, God, would you transform us? Would you encounter us with your presence? Would you impress upon us your desires, your hopes for us? And would you make us holy like you are holy? That's our desire. God, make us holy like you are holy because we can't accomplish this on our own strength. We can't perfect ourselves, we can't make ourselves we would like to, we would think we would like to, but the better part is he could do a better job and he does the best job, he knows what's best for us, again this is the act work of the Holy Spirit who's refining you, conforming you to the very image of Jesus the very image of Jesus you guys are looking more and more like Jesus as you grow in relationship with him, again that's if you're allowing him to do the work in you that's the hard part, it's allowing him to do the work in us so I'm going to pray um, before I kick this thing off. So, Father, would you just, would you open up my mouth, or actually shut my mouth and open up your mouth in, my, in me, Lord. Speak through me. Whatever I want to say in my own ability and on my own strength, God, would you shut that down? Because, Father, I believe you want to say something through me that you want us to grow again. This is a word not just for everyone else. This is a word for me to grow in. So, Father, thank you that you give us your word That you want us to become holy like you are holy. You want us to look more like you. And Father, you are not going to fail on that. Father, you will make us holy. We desire that and we partner with that in your hearts. And Father, you are faithful to commit and, and you are committed to finish what you started. So Father, would you finish your perfect work in us? Make us holy. Make us set apart. Beautiful like you are beautiful, giving you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, recapping just a few minutes, um, we we engage with, we're we're spending time engaging with Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness who makes us holy like He is holy. So as we're fixing our eyes, our mind's eye and our heart and our dialogue, we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, the the one who lives in you and I, we're going to experience His holy work, His sanctification, His transforming us into the very image of Jesus. And again, that key phrase is fellowship. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Right, Paul's prayer was praying that God would that we would experience the fellowship. He said that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with you all in 2 Corinthians. Because who we behold is who we're going to become. As we look at him, as we spend time with him, we're going to look more like him. Again, I'm seeing that change in all of us. As we become a relationship and stay with him, we see that experience, we, we start experiencing the fruit of that. So as we engage with the Holy Spirit, I think I skipped ahead, sorry, as the fellowship, again, we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, which Jesus calls our eternal friend, he calls Holy Spirit is our eternal friend. He's bringing us into those five realities we shared about last week, that gratitude, right? The, the surrender, we're being used by God, we're being strengthened by God, we're being in connection with room, we're in relationship with him. And again, this is not meant to be a temporary state. Because like, you know, you reach that temporary state of Zen. You're like, the, like, oh, I had a moment of peace. He's like, no, I want you to live in this reality Forever. I want you to live in the reality of gratitude, like where, man, yes, things are hard, but you, God is bringing to mind, again, it's not a a lazy thing, it's like, I happen to find something grateful for, it's like, no, that heart of gratitude is intentional, just like we're singing, bless the Lord, oh my soul, that's not a, I happen to fall into worship, it's like, no, I don't feel like worshiping right now, I don't, but bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, because I know it's beneficial when I seek his face. So when we live in that place of gratitude, actively grateful for what God is doing, actively surrendering to God, being used by God, be saved by saying, God, use me, strengthen me, help me understand, teach me. And he begins to do that. He begins to use us. He begins to impart deeper revelation in us, speaking to us and impressing upon his heart and his mind. He's impressing it upon us right now. He does that. We, and we gain insight into the heart and mind of God. Right? It says in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 2, it says we, we have the mind of Christ. We, we get to have his mind. We get to have that understanding, which again, we know it pleases him. We begin to walk and step with the Spirit. Again, as we fellowship with this spirit, this is the spirit of truth. John 14, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. He begins to reveal truth in us. He begins to do that work in us. And again, we have to dialogue, fellowship, hearing from him and agreeing with him in our hearts because again, it's not about him just saying it at us. It has to be, there has to be a participation where we say, yes, Lord, I believe this about you. Yes, Lord, I believe this is your truth. Because again, God did not leave us. When Jesus was ascended, what did he leave us? Not stone tablets, right? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3:3. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. He has written it on you, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work is in you. Holy Spirit is at work in us, conforming us to the very image of Jesus. And the law of God is written on our hearts and our members are being subdued or overcome for righteousness. Jesus is saying, this is better because I can tell you all day long, but Holy Spirit is going to do the transformative work in you and make you holy like I am holy. I'm going to overcome you. So again, we talked about this and I love this because. The reality is, um, this is I love this passage, as we behold, as we contemplate the Lord's glory with unveiled faces, how do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah, why well, especially with the, the unveiled faces The reality is what has happened to the veil. This is Israel was never allowed to go in there. Israel was separated from the presence of God. It was very risky to go in there. In fact, they had a rope around your ankle so they could yank you out if you weren't like, if, if they, they didn't, weren't holy. If they were not fully confessed, again, it was, they had to be dragged out. Their dead bodies dragged out. So it was not a place we were allowed to walk in. Just the Joe Schmo was not allowed to just walk in that place. It was holy. And so when that curtain, when Jesus died and that curtain was rent, we were allowed to go in Forever. We are allowed with unveiled faces we could behold the very image and the beauty of God and we begin to be transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which again, not doesn't come from our strength that comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So the spirit is doing this work in us. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of holiness, the active agent of our sanctification, it says in 1 Corinthians 6.11, I'm just gonna, write: You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. This is the spirit who is doing this work. And from the very beginning, from the moment you say, Jesus, I accept him in your heart, I receive you, God, he begins to do that work and he is at war with your flesh. He is at war with your mind, will and emotions. He is transforming them cuz like we don't have a sanctified mind. We don't have sanctified emotions yet. He's going to sanctify our mind, will and emotions. He's going to transform. He's going to purify them and he's going to make them holy. So Holy Spirit is doing this. He's at war with our mind, will and emotions to bring us to the very mind of Christ which is described in Galatians 5. 22 through 25, right? Well, if you want to know what God's like, this is it, right? When we look at this, we're like, oh, the evidence of God is this. No, he's like, but God is love. God is joyful. He is peace. He is, it says forbearance, but that means patient, kind. He's good. He is faithful. He is gentle. And he's full of self-control. And you think about, wow, like, well, God, well, I look in the Old Testament, like, you didn't see the hundreds of years of waiting, self-control, holding on, seeing the the awful ways, knowing every sin that was happening, and yet he held himself in control. And it continues on. And it says again, since uh, those who belong to Christ Jesus, we've been crucified. We've we've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're dead. We're dead people. Our old man is dead. Now our flesh is trying to remind us. It's like wanting to hang around a little bit longer. But the reality is, we're dead. We who belong to God, we've been crucified. Our flesh, our passions, our desires, they're crucified with Christ. We no longer live in the old way, old flesh and the old ways. We live in the Spirit. It says, since you live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So again, our old emotions, our old desires, our old mindset is dead. And they're being replaced with the mind, will, and emotions of Jesus. Praise God for that. We need that. Let's see here. So point number one, Holy Spirit makes war against the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age, the spirit of holiness is at war. He is not passive. He is active. <laughs> we just think about Holy Spirit's like this like nice warm feeling. He's like, no, I'm waging a war against the spirit of this age. It talks about it in 1 John 2.16. Do you want me to stick around that level? Oh, I'm just making sure you got it. You guys good? All right, I don't want to move too fast. It says in First John two sixteen. it says, that For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, this doesn't come from the Father. It comes from the world. This comes from the world. And this is the things we're living in. This is what our flesh used to live in, right? It craves it. It craved this. Back, like, before you became a believer, again, some of us have been believers. I'm like, I, I, I'm so glad I don't remember those days anymore. I remember how it felt, but I'm, praise God, I've been redeemed. But the reality is that is what our, our selfish desires are described in Romans 8, 5. Actually, I don't know if I have it on there. Oh, wait, hold on. I've got this one first. Okay. Uh, for you, again, remember we've talked about this passage before. It's a, it's really pow- powerful because we talk about what Jesus did, the love of Christ. We've been renewed. We've been adopted. And we've been raised in heavenly places. But the reality is before this... You and I were dead in our transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, right? The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, the spirit of this age, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. I'll say wrath, but it's God's wrath against unholiness. And that's what we craved and longed for. in Romans 8, this is about, I love this, this chapter because it talks about the work of the spirit, right? Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. Now you're going to see something here. you're going to see a dichotomy. Those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. There's a difference. The mind governed by the flesh is death. dead. it's death and sin and perversity. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It, can, it does not submit to God's law and nor can it do so. it can't do it. It cannot be obedient to God's law. but those who are in the realm of the, those who are in the realm of the flesh, cannot please God. You, however, this is the praiseworthy phrase, however, you are not in the realm of the flesh. You are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. I think I could say, oh, I have one more verse. And this is a good one. This is when we, we talked about. Man, Kathy, like six, eight, maybe nine months ago, we talked about this passage at Life Group. This passage means so much for us. If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, and the Spirit gives life because of righteousness, this passage here, and if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. This powerful passage of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, working in us. Again, the dichotomy, we look back though, this passage is, this is what the flesh desires. This is what the flesh operates in. This is how the flesh does not cooperate. It does not obey God. But here's what the great thing is, the Spirit. The Spirit obeys God. The Spirit has the mind of God. So, we, Spirit has desires. So our cravings of these, of these selfish desires, that come along. Again, we are full of flesh. Sometimes our mind is like, hey, what about this? You know, temptation comes along. But the great thing is we have Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead at work in you. Holy Spirit in us, worrying against the flesh to bring forth godly desires, Right? The the flesh wants its own desires, but the spirit knows what God wants, what desires God has. And so it requires us to say, as it says in Galatians 5.25, let's walk in the spirit. Let's walk, not in our flesh, right? Not in our flesh, in the spirit. Let's see
1: here.
0: Yes, he does. And that's it's that surrender again. It's that fellowship again. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's a. It is a war. I think that's something we, as Christianity, has become. If if Satan wants to win anything, he makes us passive, bored, lazy. He does that. And I find that. He's like, here, it's not like bad things, overly bad things. It's just distracting things. And then it becomes boredom things. And it's like, well, how do I become so bored in my spirit? He's like, because you don't spend time with me. You're not fascinated with me. Again, like God is, the enemy is at work for our fascination. The fascination of our eyes, the fascination for our minds. Again, I, I, I have some friends that used to watch, We used to go to the movies all the time, every week. For some reason, I, again, this is years and years back. I don't. I, I first of all, I can't afford to do that anymore. Second of all, I don't want to do that anymore. I used to do that for a while. And it was so much fun. But what I noticed afterwards is like, what is happening with your mind? I started hearing them complain about everything. Every little thing. They couldn't even find a bit of hope or fun about whatever we saw. I was like, well, why are we doing this, first of all? Why are we going to something you're just going to pick apart later? And then I realized, I'm like, first of all, I notice you're the most boring people I've ever been around. Again, there's nothing wrong with movies. I, I, I love going. I would love to enjoy. But I'm just like, wow, how did you come become so boring in your mind? It's because the dullness of the enemy has been working on their minds. He's like, maybe if you try again, you'll be fascinated by what I have for you. That's why he's constantly creating content through the works of the man. He's working through mankind to create content to break down our mindset. And we're like, what is wrong with this? It's because it doesn't fascinate us anymore. And there's only thing that one thing that fascinates our mindset, and it's Jesus. And he's like, no, but if you just spent time with me, and then that enemy is like, but is it going to be really fascinating? But what if you miss out on something else? What if you? And that's the enemy. He's like, but don't 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 go there. Don't go there. That's the one thing I don't want you to do, because that'll actually produce something in you that I hate: righteousness, holiness. Man, I'm again. I'm preaching myself today. Okay, we're gonna be we're gonna be preaching a lot to me. If you guys want to take along with me, that's awesome. But again, I just I'm I'm living in this. I'm like, oh Lord, help me. Yes, Lord. And this is a, at the end that when we talk about this, this is, should bring us assurance, right? When we talk about walking in the Spirit and what you said, it's a, it's a warfare. It's it's a fighting. But again, this is the great part. It's not an equal fight. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. That's the second point. Walking in the spirit is is not, or isn't, a equal fight, or your equal battle, or fair fight. Praise God for that, because the reality of the battle between the spirit and our flesh, it's not fair. It's not fair for the flesh. The fa- flesh is going to fail. The flesh is going to fail. Praise God. Now, it might hang a little longer for some of us who are just not allowing that flesh to just die. But the reality is the spirit is going to overcome. The one that is in us, the spirit of God, is greater than anything we'll encounter in this world. Right? In 1 John four, 4 you dear children are from God. You have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So the enemy, we've seen that in the life of Jesus and during temptation. Again, I don't want to disqualify what Jesus went through by saying, oh, he's just God. No, we need to look at him because he put himself in that position to receive the Holy Spirit, to put himself as flesh as man, to tempt him, be tempted, allow temptation to actually be tempting to him be tempted in every way and then overcome it through the truth of the word and through the spirit and the revelation of the Father's love. That whole thing, that that trinity, the love of the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus. And greater is he that is in you. The greater is the spirit, the Holy Spirit living in us than this age and this flesh. He's going to complete the work he set out to do. And now the question is, what is the spirit at work and producing in us? I kind of gave it away earlier. The fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, peace, love. He wants to produce in his love, joy, peace, patience. Again, you're like that's one of the things that we notice when we're becoming impatient. I've noticed that sometimes when I'm like, man, where's my time? It's, it's that correlation. Where I'm not spending my time is where I'm in lack. I'm in such lack of my patience, my joy. I'm like, where am I at? That's a good, it's a good indicator where you are. Yeah, Mary. When
2: the devil attacks us and we have to spirit, we have to remember we have the spirit and used it. Yeah. Because If you stand there with a gun in your hand, it's always spirit. we don't use it. <laughs> yeah. You have to put your spirit into action.
0: Yeah. With patience and will.
2: You can't just sit on it
0: you can't sit on your hands. No, and I think that's the enemy like, tries to te- tempt us to hunker down. The hunker down method. He's like, hey, if you just hang on, hey, hang on. Yeah. Or keep really busy. Do more stuff. Keep really busy and fix it. Fix it. Yeah, more. Fi- Again, it might seem like good works. It might seem like it. But he's like, no, keep busier and hunker down. One of those two things. That's the way he gets us. And the reality is God's like, no, like you said, it's war. You don't hunker down in war. It's aggressive. It has to be. You have to be proactive. It means also don't keep busier. Sometimes it means get in your closet and war. Pray in the spirit. Seek the Lord. Again, I know this is the temptation of mine. This again, I'm just being honest with my temptation. The vulnerability is the enemy that's speaking to my ears. I'm like, Lord, help me. Why is it that's the one thing that I'm always tempted not go to? Is to not to sit and pray. To not sit and be with God. It's because I know that's true warfare. I know that's where true victory comes from. And the enemy knows it too. And he does not want me to win there. But the reality, he is greater. He is greater. And this is what our spirit man, our mind needs to be reminded of this. Our hearts, our our will needs to be reminded of this. He is greater and he's overcoming us. And we want to see it. Again, that evidence, he's like, I want to produce the fruit of the spirit in you. Because when you do, when that comes up, you're going to look more like Jesus. You're going to look more like him. Again, he is bringing forth the mind, the nature of Jesus in us. That's what Holy Spirit's doing. He's, and again, it happens in fellowship with the Spirit. As we fellowship with him, we hear it and we respond to him, right? We, we're being in agreement with his heart. Again, we may not understand it. We're like, I don't understand, Lord. But he's going to transform us. I'll help you understand. I'll give you revelation on this. Sit in this. Chew on this. Hang on to this. Don't move away from this because it's just we want the five-minute revelation. He's like, no, sit in this. Get revelation on this. Dig deep. And when we start doing this, we're going to be changed. Our desires are going to become no longer our old desires. And you start noticing that. You've been noticing that all of your lives. You've been noticing your desires are no longer the same. Your mindset, it's no longer the same mindset. It's different. It's our emotions. They're no longer our old emotions. We're like, man, I don't look like I used to. And again, like if I go back 10 years and look at myself now, I'd be like, who are you? Praise God! Like I'm, that's what my desire is. Like Lord, I want to be so different and transformed, in ten years from now that I would never recognize myself. Because my life, again, your life, which has been mostly what you can get by with, this is the temp, you know this is what we you know taxes. Think about what you have to do. You don't want to give all of your money to the government. That's the reality. We don't want to do that. We find loopholes. We figure out what we have to get by with. We find the line. We do not cross that. We don't give extravagantly more. Um, There's things that we get by with. Like, you know, sometimes our job, like, ah, that was good enough. It was good enough. Like, I'm not doing a bad job, but good enough. All right? You know. But the reality is we've been living that way with God before we knew Jesus, before we've been transformed. We were starting to live that way where it's good enough. It's religion. It's getting in the church building. It's good enough. He's like, no, now I want you to live wholeheartedly to walk in the spirit in obedience to God. That's so much more different. It's Holy Spirit producing something extravagant. Again, we have a Holy Spirit who is a fountain of life producing something that's extravagant in us. So that's the third point. Holy Spirit is a fountain of life. and He's producing the nature of God in you and I. Right, the Spirit is a living water. He is producing. He is flowing. He is not just some still water and then we just kind of drain him dry. Like No, he is filled. He is bubbling. He is overflowing and he wants to pour out of us and you be used in us and poured out of us. We have the Spirit of God and he's manifesting the very nature of God in you. John 4, 14, it talks about that. He says, whoever drinks the water I give them, Will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the Holy Spirit at work in us, producing eternal life in us. And this fountain is life; it's producing life. Again, we read in we read it in, before in Second Corinthians three six. Right. We, we were, were ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills. But the spirit gives life. We you know, again, let's look at the Jews, like how they all have to live. They live by the law. They live by the letter and it was killing them. You know why? Because the law reveals sin. That's all it does. It reveals sin. It reveals our lack. It reveals our disobedience. It levels. Again, if we ever want to know if you're going above or below the speed limit, we have it posted outside. And a cop will remind you of it. That's the law. But the reality is, I don't want to live that way. I want to live by the spirit, which means we don't live by bare minimums. We don't live by the law and by the line. We go extravagantly. Right? It's not an outside law. It's a stone tablet, which is why he didn't leave us that. It's not a stone tablet telling you what to do. It's an inside reservoir of the very life of God in you, producing the fruit of the Spirit in you. Right, The law produces death by revealing sin, but the Spirit is producing life. He is an inside reservoir, producing something in us, transforming us. Again, as it says in the end of Galatians 5.23, which I hope I have it here. He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. He's like, oh, there's all the fruit of the Spirit that's being produced. And against such things, there is no law. Why? Why is there no law for that? It's of God. Yes. Because you're not operating in the flesh anymore. You're operating in the Spirit now. That is the fullness of the Spirit, walking in all those things. If you're operating in your flesh, you need a law to tell you to stop or there'll be consequences, right? I have had to do that with my kids a few times. A few, lots of times. You gotta stop what you're doing. There's gonna be consequences. That's what we know. We train them up. But the reality is, that's not where we want to end up. And as a father, we don't wanna, he doesn't want us to end up like this. We're like, stop it or there'll be consequences. Stop it or there'll be consequences. That gets to be old real quick. And he's like, no, I don't want you to live that way. I want you to live in the Spirit, which means you move beyond like, okay, God, I know you're a law, but I also know I've been freed from sin and shame, and I'm living in the Spirit. So now... Since our flesh is no longer in control and since the spirit of God is at work in us, the law of sin and death and lust of the flesh aren't receiving anymore. They're not getting it anymore. They're not receiving from that anymore. And as we continue on in this series, we're going to see that holiness is not an outside saying, don't do this. Because that's what we hear. We have a lot of things like, don't do that. Stop doing that. And I love what, I love this is what Fred and Kathy, t- first a few weeks that we've known you guys, like, talk about parenting. Because we're like, reality is, like, if you ever want to get your kids to listen, first of all, they don't understand don't. I don't know why, but they don't. They don't understand don't. So don't do that. And then they say, do this. <laughs> and that's what they do. But you encouraged me. You're like, we had to learn this the hard way. <laughs> like, do this, do this, do that. And it changed because they tried it. And that changed. It goes from this law of stop doing that to, wow, try this, try that. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. Holiness is an inside, be like this. Be holy like I'm holy. Love like I love, transformed into the image of God. He is changing us. I think the spirit is definitely
1: inside. It's not
0: outside. No. So that's
1: what—that's what God. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to feel. Is that I'm inside, on sight, and do this this way.
0: Else they do sometimes do. So if we're all enough that stuff, but we don't be. Well, you are going to serve it as a coincidence. Well, because and then, but the the enemy tries to be like, oh, you, you, he tries to heap the shame on you. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit is trying to reveal the beauty of God. So when we look at Jesus, he's like, did you ever notice, look in the Word, and you're like, oh, did you notice how Jesus is so kind in the way he talks to his disciples? Even when he's rebuking them? He's being patient. Did you see how he was so full of self-control? Do you see how God throughout his word, he starts revealing the nature of God through his word. And he's like, oh, did you notice that? Did you know I could make you like that? Be like that. Because if I, if he's constantly going, stop doing that, stop doing that. And what do you start experiencing? You're like, well, I'm a failure of a Christian. Wow, I really suck. You know, wow, I'm just in the shame. And that's, that is the enemy at work. He's like, man, you are just blowing it. You are just a failure of a Christian. And that is where Christianity stunts and stops growing. Our faith in Jesus stops growing. When we say, God, you've called me to be holy like you are Holy. Not just Barb only, or not just, you know, Kathy and Fred, like, you know, not some of us, not the exclusive, like, ooh, you know, just only them, They're, they can be holy like he is holy, not me, because I don't know, you don't know me, God, and like, no, he's called us uniquely, individually, the whole phrase isn't some of you can be holy like I am holy, I've called you to be holy, you, holy like I am holy, so if you are willing to partner with me, if you're willing to say, do your work, God. And he's gonna do the work. And like when we're praying for you know, our church, build our church. And I just get, I was getting this understanding, like, okay, Lord, sometimes I take this like it's our church, my church, our church, our church family. And I forget, my like, God, this is really your church. You care about it more than I do. You care about it more than any of us do. You care about our body more than I'll ever care about them. Because you care for our church family. So you will do things in our church family. You will Maybe some pressures, maybe some good things, but he'll do it because he wants to produce the best in us as a good father does. And if he needs to do what he needs to do, we need to say that our part is, this is our part. Yes, Lord. Obedience. Yes, Lord, I want to be more like you. Agreement in our hearts. Fellowship with the Spirit. Because if we're like, man, Lord, I don't know. we just I don't know what I'm supposed to do. He's like, I've called you to be holy like I'm holy. I've called you to love me. That's part of the holiness factor. I've called you to love one another. That's gonna produce holiness in you. I've called you to raise and make disciples. That is the three things he's called us to do. And by being in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit through all three of those things, we're gonna experience holiness, transformation, patience, suffering. We're gonna endure some stuff. But if we endure, if we hang on, he's going to mature us, and we're going to hang on to that. So again, like this is this is not a we're holy; it's a ever increasing glory. It's increments. Yeah, yeah, Barb.
1: Well, the law is kind of like it's like that whole scale thing. Oh, let's see, did how many bad things did I do, and how many good things do I do, and which one is which? Where am I in the balance? And have I done enough? Kind of thing. That's not. But but in fact, the standard is no wrong at all. And none of us meet it. And I believe God that brings us to a place where we can look at ourselves and go, Oh wow! Except where God's work, all my motivation to better. Even when I do the right things, it's for dead reasons. <laughs> You know like oh wow yeah i did that when people like i got stuff like that was pride or that i did that so people would thank me or whatever it's when you don't get thanked that you see what your motivation really was um and so when God got with it so right that breaks you down to the point where you see i can't do anything on my own and then he can change it so it's like jesus said that if you Love God and love one another. All of the law and the prophets are in those two things because that's about identity. Yeah. It's about who you are instead of about ticking boxes. So when you guess that transforms who we are, then we do the right things out of that identity chain.
0: Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> oh. Now, we need to be transformed in our identity of who we are, holy, like he is holy, that I know who I am. I'm his. Like in that. It's that revelation. He's justifying us because we are his beloved. We are his sons and his daughters. And when we get that revelation, we say, now, Lord, help me to walk like a son, which is the holiness factor. It's like, help me to walk like you do. To love like you do, to be patient like you are. because I, I don't know how to do it, but you can teach me. The Holy Spirit teaches us when we rely on it. It's like again, it's not works based. Again, like I love you you made that clear. Like it's not works and then holiness. It's like, God, you've set me apart. I am holy like you are holy. Now sanctify me through this whole process and every area of my life where I'm not complete, where it's not been sanctified. Kill my flesh, make me holy, do the work. So it's it's the first identity, and then from that place, we can move on. We can move forward. Man, that was good. Thanks for sharing that, Barb. Anything else? Again, I, I just, I meant to ask you earlier during, like, what worship, like, what was something speaking out but I'm just loving.
2: I've been thinking about the Jewish people a lot with all that's going on over there in the Middle East. And... And I've learned a lot more about Judaism and their lifestyle and that just by watching news and reports and people who are over there reporting on everyday things that go on. And, you know, the Jews are God's chosen people. He chose them first, you know. And they identify, but when the Jews look at themselves, I think, when we look at ourselves, we should see a child of God and, and, and one who's been saved and redeemed through the blood of Jesus, well, I think when the Jewish people look at themselves, they look at people who follow the law. Because I've just learned there's just so many little bitty rules over there when they're having their Shabbat on Saturdays and, and all those different holy days that they have once a week where they aren't allowed to work and do their... I mean, they can't even push a button on an elevator. I mean, all they've, they've got so many little bitty laws that you're just consumed. They're completely consumed by following all of these laws that they don't even have any space left to even think about anything else. They're so consumed with keeping the law, and that's a sad thing. I hope we never get that way where we're so concerned about keeping the law and not keeping
0: the love of Jesus up front. And that brings up the whole point, like, again, we'll talk about this probably more, but like, that's the reason why the Holy Spirit is necessary, because I think we, we try to make ourselves holy, like he is holy, like, which means, like, we should stop doing this, we should do this, and as churches, as Christians, we do that, we start following that pattern, we start following the way again, God did not call us again, we're going to be holy, and we're going to do amazing things, but it's not out of the weight of obligation, It's out of the delight and the freedom of sonship. And it's like walking as a son. It's like, yes, it's my joy to do this. I don't have to be obligated. I don't have to be shamed or put into that place of like, I need to be doing, I should be doing this. And again, should is full of shame. And we just... There's, there's, we joke about it sometimes at our house. It's like ways of saying that, like, don't, don't shoot on somebody. You know, like, just, it's just gross, you know. <laughs> but really, we don't. We don't put that shame in saying you need to be doing this. You, like, no. God called me to do this. I see in His Word, and that's, that's the freedom there. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead into what we get to do, and that's like why we're not, we're wanted, we're chosen, we're desired. We're not. I don't know what's the word. There's no should. There's no shame. There's no, you need to be doing this. Like, no, God, I get to do this with you. Would you let me do this with you? Oh, yeah, we could talk about this for a while. But I'm going to pray. We're going to be continuing this on next week. Again, this is why it's so important as we fast. Again, I know some of us are a little nervous about fasting and praying. I mean, we like praying. We just were like, I don't know about the fasting part. But the reality is like in that place of holiness, we say, God, would I give you something just even though it seems like nothing? If I gave you a meal and I'm just like, God, would you replace that with just such intimacy and connection with your heart? Because man, wouldn't that be sweet? Again, it's not for our benefit. It is, but it's just that relationship. It's just putting that aside, that thing. And you know, we've talked about it like it's just, it's, We don't do things as normal. Like, we're just saying, like, you know, I want to spend a special time with me and God. That's like no other. That's giving up, yielding, surrender to Him. If we're talking about surrender, this is a great way to surrender. So I'm just going to pray. Um, Father, would you? I just really, I do thank you. Before I go into this, Lord, I thank you for our church family, your church family. Father, I thank you that you gave us family. I thank you for the words that were spoken, the revelation that you've been sharing. And Father, I think that you use me, that you use each one of them that I've been sharing. And Father, it's to build up the church, to build your body, to, again, not build them up, and, but to strengthen us to remind us of the promises, to inspire us about the hope that we have. Um, Father, when we are enduring hardships and trials, Father, sometimes we get into the hunkering down and maybe we can wait this out. Father, you called us to not be passive, to not be disengaged. You called us to be fully engaged with the Spirit, fully in fellowship. So Father, we want to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We want, to, we want to know who it is that you've given us your spirit, to know your emotions, to know your thoughts, to know your hopes, to know your desires. Father, you gave us these things in our body and they became sinful. But Father, you have perfect emotion, perfect thoughts, perfect mindset, perfect desires. And so Father, would you destroy what the enemy has built up in us and put that to death and replace that with yours? God, because I want my desires to be yours. I want my hopes, my emotions, my my thoughts to be yours, how I think of others. So Father, I thank you that you do that. Thank you for the grace that you show us while we are growing in that. And Father, would you sanctify our church, make us holy. As we fast, as we pray, Father, we just we push delete on what we should have done, on the lies and the accusation. We push delete on the misses, um, on the mistakes. God, we push delete on that. We say, God, we say yes again to you this morning. We say yes to your heart. We say yes to your ways. We want to give you the first fruits of our year. We want to give you the best, not the last we want to give you all of ourselves because you are worthy. So Lord, move in us. Give us revelation for this year and build your church. In Jesus' name, amen.